This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Whew. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a busy week. There's supposed to be chill in August, you know. Uh, although it is kind of chill. Uh, what else is new? They're indicting Donald Trump. That's gonna happen sometime this week. Actually, they already did indict him. He's got to turn him. He's got to turn himself in. What a what an atrocity. What a travesty. What a joke. What a mm, no big deal anymore. No big deal. I mean, they can't stop him. They're looking at each other, saying, "Oh my God, this didn't work." He's got to go to Atlanta and turn himself in. And the rest of us are like, okay, yeah, I know. We're still voting for him. Uh, we know a sham when we see one. And they can't believe it. They can't stand it. They're still going through with it. They're getting very, very nervous. I mean, four times an indictment. So what are they going to resort to next? What could they do? And they're trying to shut him up. You see, they're coming at him with all this unfair stuff, and they want to tie his hands behind his back. You can't talk about the judge. You can't talk about the prosecutor. Of course you can. This is a free country separation of powers uh, as far as i know the judicial branch is always kind of having problems with the executive branch and the legislative branch and uh, you could say that it's kind of the way the government is supposed to work well they're not supposed to lock up presidents but hey i'm looking at big fat chris christie i'm sorry he's actually not that fat anymore you know what he is he's gray something's going on with his hair he stopped using the something's going on with him running around saying uh donald trump is a coward donald trump is a coward how dare this guy do that stuff you know Really. And, oh, he he was working for Donald Trump all the way up until the end. Yes, he was. He was helping Donald Trump get ready for the 2020 debate. I have pictures. I have proof. He was there coaching Donald Trump, probably trying to sabotage it because, well, he sabotaged so much in his life. He tried to sabotage and kind of did Mitt Romney in 2012. I didn't like Mitt Romney, but he would have been, let's see, a billion times better than Barack Obama. Mitt Romney had a very real chance to get uh, to become president in 2012. And Chris Christie went out of his way to trip him up. Why? Well, he was jealous and he wanted the run for president in 2016. And if Mitt Romney had won, presumably Mitt Romney would be running for reelection in 2016. And Chris Christie couldn't. So uh, couldn't run. And uh, that's why he was tripping him up. Do you remember? Remember when he hugged and kissed Barack Obama? He hugged and kissed him on the, in the aftermath of Hurricane Sandy. I got to do everything I can. I got to work with the president. Yeah, that's fine. You don't have to make love to the guy, uh, which you did. And you don't actually have to disrespect, go out of your way to slam Mitt Romney. You know, you were uh, bosom buddies with Barack Obama uh, there in October of 2012 and pretending that you were like uh, an EMS worker, right? He, he, one of those what do they call those guys? Um, buffs. He was like a buff, like a fire department buff. You got to watch out for those fire department buffs. Sometimes they're the first guys who set the fire, you know, because they're such a buff. And uh, anyway, um, yeah, he was too into that stuff. The bells, the whistles, and look at me, I'm important, and I don't want anybody winning the presidency who's a Republican. So he said, uh, they asked him, is Mitt Romney is uh, would like to come to New Jersey and see what's going on? And he says, 
I could care less. I have no time for that. I am, uh, I'm busy being the governor. Well, uh, Mitt Romney at that point was basically a week, one week away from potentially becoming the president elect of the United States. He's the kind of guy you want on your side. He's the kind of guy on the verge of assuming massive responsibility, potentially. You want to, you want to have him on your good side. You also want him, you know, to know what New Jersey needs. So. Chris Christie's true colors shown that day. Really amazing. Hey, what about our president? The Mooch. The Mooch. Remember Scaramucci? I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about Joe Biden. The Mooch. He's a Mooch. He's going to somebody else's house, somebody else's private house for part four of his vacation. The Endless Summer. The <laughs> You ever see that movie, The Endless Summer? A couple of surfer dudes uh, go around the world just, you know, wherever it's warm. That's where they go, and they ride the... The waves. Well, that's kind of what uh, his summer has been like. He's just going from place to place to place, goes home occasionally to get a new bathing suit and back to the beach. Now it's the lake, Lake Tahoe. I've never been to Lake Tahoe. Have you been to Lake George? And that's pretty much it as far as lakes go for me. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, no, I've never seen a great lake. Uh, I guess I saw Lake Ontario once when I was in Toronto. Oh, I saw Niagara Falls. Whatever. That's connected to the – that's a big lake something, right? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Joe Biden is at Lake Tahoe at some rich guy's house again. Now, what he do, has a habit of this. He's a mooch. He goes into the billionaire's house in Nantucket. He goes to another billionaire's house on Long Island, stays over. I don't want to stay at anybody's house, by the way. Do you? You know, it's always awkward at breakfast. You know what I mean? It's like you kind of you want to like you want to leave. <laughs> you, you want your own. I'd rather stay in a you know my, my own little cheapo hotel than be a guest in some you know massive palace that's not mine. But Joe Biden has no problem with that and no problem not paying anybody. I bet he doesn't even leave a gift. He's the kind of guy who's oh I'm I'm I'm, I'm you're, you're graced by my presence. He did it on Long Island in the Hamptons. He did it in Nantucket. He did it in South Carolina. Now in Lake Tahoe, the White House is making a big deal about this time. This time, Joe Biden is renting it. He's renting it. He's renting it at market a market rate. So it's an $18 million house on Lake Tahoe owned by that crazy guy, uh, Tom Steyer. Remember, he bought all that crazy commercial time. Millions and millions and millions. He spent, he spent $400 million and didn't get one vote, literally did not get one vote. It's Tom Steyer. The only thing people remember about him is that he never blinks. It's really strange. It never, ever blinks. You can watch all these commercials. He never blinks his eyes. So he was on the debate stage in 2019, 2020, probably uh, hooking up Joe Biden in ways we don't understand. And now Joe's going to go be the house guest over there. And that's really just, uh, it's un, it's unpresidential. It's un, you know you're the commander in chief. You, you you shouldn't be some guest at somebody else's house. I don't care if you're renting it or not. It's funny that he write, writes a check, a rent check, just before, just as the campaign season is underway. Right? Thinks he forgets about all the freebies. Meanwhile, Hunter is there as well. He we know he's also a bit of a mooch. He he gets those uh, free planes from his uh, his bro. What is that guy? I don't know. He's some lawyer in Hollywood. And who smokes dope all the time with a pipe. Everybody smokes dope, by the way. I saw these two people today. They look like I was running uh, on a uh, on Sixth Avenue. Sixth Avenue, yeah. I was kind of busy. It took, I usually don't go up there. 
I smelled it literally the entire way for about 40 blocks I ran. And, um, isn't that impressive by the way? 40 blocks. That's, um, I think that's two miles. And then I did another two miles, but I would say 80% of my little route there, I smelled marijuana and business people are smoking it. Delivery boys are smoking it. Um, you know, people with jobs are smoking marijuana on a Monday morning. It's Monday. You know, I could see maybe, you know, 20 years ago on a Friday night when you're outside of Club 007 on Long Island or, you know, maybe those circumstances, but a Monday morning in the street openly, openly, which technically is against the law, but thanks to de Blasio and Bill Bratton, the two of those clowns, holding up that great big bag of weed to tell people how much weed you're allowed to have uh, in Manhattan and not get arrested. Yeah, New York City, you could have this much weed, which was about, looks like a month's worth of weed to me. The debate, they're hyping the hell out of it over there on uh, Fox News. Boy, oh boy, did you hear that promo? Let's get that promo again. Oh, artificial intelligence is so good. Making fun of Fox News like you read about. So it is a BS debate. It is a get Trump trap. Uh, there's nothing cowardly about President Trump not doing the debate. When you are 50 points ahead, you got to keep doing what you're doing. Whatever Trump is doing right now, it's working, right? It's totally working. Um, now, the only place he can come down right now is down. The only place he could go is down. I mean, well, I guess conceivably he could go up. But you're going to have all these guys coming after him uh, full time. I bet he could win. But why risk it? Why risk it? And these guys, these Fox News people, totally hate him. They hate him for a number of reasons. They can't stand it. You know, I love it when Trump calls in, you know, speaks for a half hour. I love it. Those guys, they lose their minds. They're like, uh, 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 I, 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 what's happening? I, I, I'm the star of this show. I, 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 hey, relax. He's the president. He can do whatever he wants. The people want to hear from him. Fox News, that's what you're there for as an alternative to the fake news. Now you just repeat everything the fake news says. You really do. You're terrible. The word is that they won Glenn Youngkin. Good luck with that one. Good luck with Glenn Youngkin. Uh, I'm sure he's a great guy. He's been governor for two years. What was he? He used private equity. So he speaks the billionaire's language, right? The elitist language. He speaks all that stuff. He knows that stuff. He also wore uh, uh, top hat and tails to his inauguration. The last guy, the last governor I saw do that was the governor on that show, Benson. Remember Benson? It was about the governor's butler, Benson. And, uh, anyway, the governor was really goofy and he, he overdressed all the time. Do we have the Fox News promo? Okay. Here we go. Fox News. Tell us all about your big debate, uh, this week. Even though President Trump is kicking everyone's ass in the primary polls, we're still trying to set him up with our bullshit Republican primary debate. I mean, maybe he'll show up. And we're just hoping everyone takes shots at him so we can help Ron DeSantis. Because we're Fox News. And we suck. And we don't really give a shit. About our viewers' opinion. We only care about getting a big, fat paycheck. And about not getting fired like Tucker Carlson. The first Republican primary debate by Martha McCallum and Brett Bayer. Because we're Fox News and we suck. <laughs> now, this is artificial intelligence. This is what it's capable of. They can press, uh, they can get like, 15 seconds of Brett Bear's voice and make him say anything they want. Really sounds like it. And we're Fox News and we suck. He puts the emphasis on it. 
they do, though. They do. Just like NBC, CBS, hey, NBC News. I could not believe it. Now, a lot of things happened last week. Uh, every day we're finding out, um, you know, major, major, uh, aspects of the Biden family scheme to take millions of dollars from our, uh, our enemies, our allies, all kinds of people. And the latest thing is uh, Joe Biden was using an alias as, as president of, as vice president of the United States using an alias. And it was, uh, what is the alias? Uh, uh, Robert L. Peters. Robert L. Peters. How about that one? Robert L. Peters. <laughs> it's on email. It's on, and then there are a bunch of others. And this is what Fox, I'm sorry, uh, Meet the Press did yesterday when it comes to Biden family corruption. They explained it away. They actually say it's fine. All right. You ready for this? I, I, even for them, this was bad. Go ahead. Uh, it's the Meet the Press thing from yesterday. And, you know, this should really be, it should count as paid advertising for, for the Democrats. That's, that's how much it is. All right. Let me know when you get that thing. The other cool story of today is Van Jones. Do you know who Van Jones is? He is a very cool looking dude. Van Jones is on CNN all the time, and that's a big chunk of his appeal. He's cool-looking, uh, best-dressed guy on TV. He's got little round glasses that make him appear smart. He happens to be black, and we know how fashionable the American uh, the culture right now. There are certain things that are fashionable and cool, and white people, no. Black, black guy with glasses, looks great with a tie. Oh, my goodness, and he went to Yale. The most amazing thing in the world, right? The most amazing. Th- oh, wow. Look at him go. Now, there's nothing really uh, unusual about this. I mean, he went to Yale. I think there are seven law firms in this building. A half of them went to Ivy League schools. It's just no big deal. Sixth Avenue. That's where a lot of the major law firms, you look those law firms up. Uh, Harvard law grads are a dime a dozen. Yale law grads are a dime a dozen. It doesn't really, it doesn't mean much of anything except when it's Van Jones. Now, here's Van Jones calling a bunch of, uh, well, this is what he says about Republicans. You ready for this? We're a bunch of a-holes. Not that I'm a Republican, but uh, cut 19. How how were were the Republicans able to push things through when they had less than 60 senators, but somehow we can't? (laughs) Well, the answer to that is they're... so funny he said a-holes so um now i will say this uh, i can be a- and some of us who are not barack hussein obama are gonna have to start getting a little bit uppity uppity did he say uppity? What a strange thing to say. Now, a-holes, a-holes. Republicans are a-holes, and Obama, our side's not, not, this guy got a hundred million dollars, a civility award, a civility award. I'm not kidding. What he did with the money, though, he got himself in trouble. It's juicy. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
Hey, uh, I'll get back to that Van Jones thing in a minute because uh, James Flippin just walked in. How was the uh, How was the big field trip this weekend? Yeah, good you- afternoon, Greg. It was a great field trip this weekend. Do me a favor. Don't ever say good afternoon. Why not? Why is it that people, reporters, anchors on television or radio, I've never said good afternoon in my entire life to anybody. You don't say that to people? It's a nice greeting. It's a, it's only if I'm trying to imitate a butler or something like good afternoon. Well, I don't think like nobody says that. But if I said what's up, that would be kind of. Hey, hi. How are you? I'm good. I mean, dude, we like. Barely nod our heads at each other in the hallway. Then it's all of a sudden, good afternoon, good afternoon. They do the same thing on the nightly news. Good evening, good evening, Chuck. Good evening, Joe. Uh, what's the situation in uh, Maui? You know, well, uh, you know, like I don't know. Good and, evening. But you know, I'm also greeting the audience. I'm saying, I'm saying, what's up? They, to them? What do you think they are? You think they're all dressed up and you know, like they are? They're they're just hanging around like you are. Well, you're. You know what I mean? The audience is the audience. They're great people, <laughs> but they're not all. It's not like they're at the um, Met Gala. You know? Yeah, I guess that's Good true. afternoon, audience. Yeah. All right. So lighten up. No, all right. All right. All right. I should lighten up. I'll try. I, people, whatever they want to say, they can say, yeah. including you. But you went to the museum, the Newark I, Museum. I did. The Newark Art Museum. That was on Saturday. And? Very, very nice. Lots of good, worthwhile exhibits there. Like I have what? To say. Um, you know. I, I told th- you they didn't have any big name artists, right? There, I didn't res- necessarily recognize any any of the artists. I will say that much. But there was a lot of interesting stuff there, foreign, you know, from various different cultures, and and then you had this cool interactive experience where you get to paint your own or draw your own fish, jellyfish, shark, whatever it may be, puffer fish. I, I think could, is what I did. I could do that at home. And then they scan it in, and they have a big electronic wall aquarium on the third floor, and you see your own fish swimming around. You could put you could put Greg on there. And see it swimming around. I mean, I'm. I know I'm not an artist, so I go there and I. I make I'd a like little... to see your interpretation of you know. I, give me a piece of paper. I'll do it right now. Like the Long How Island much shark. was it to get into the museum? Uh, ten dollars, I think. Ten dollars right. a person. All right. Well, good for them. Good for you. Uh, what happened with this uh, this horrible situation? The intersection. The lady went uh, ran over seven people. Yeah. So this was awful. This was around midnight, um, going into Monday, and this 29 year old woman from New Jersey she plowed into an intersection in Midtown, hit seven people, six hospitalized, one seriously hurt, and she crashed in Queens, and they arrested her. She think they and they think she might be crazy, right? She's under evaluation and observation. Thank you, James. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I got to finish up this Van Jones thing. Van Jones. Fake name, by the way. Just invented it. It sounded good. Van Jones. 
uh, you know, great looking guy, absolutely nothing going on, nothing going on. It's all fake. Great tie, great shirt, great. He's kind of like, um, Eric Adams in many ways. Uh, you know, just looks the part, but, uh, is not, you know, really has nothing going on. So let's see here. Um, all right. I already told you he's not civil. He just called, uh, Republicans a-holes four different times in front of a group. Um, let's see. When Donald Trump wins in 2016, he calls everybody who voted for him a racist. All right. Listen to this. Cut 17. Election night 2016. Van Jones on CNN. We've talked about everything but race tonight. We've talked about income. We've talked about class. We've talked about region. We haven't talked about race. This was a white lash. This was a white lash against a changing country. It was a white lash against a black president in part. And that's the part where the pain comes. Wow. How about that, huh? A white lash. I remember vividly why I voted uh, the way I did in 2016 and why Donald Trump's message was was so appealing. It had nothing to do with race. I remember the moment he said when he said, America doesn't win anymore. And I was like, damn, he's right. Damn. He just gets it. Wow. You know, a lot of us, as I said a million times, we, we were conned. We voted for uh, for Obama. So all those people who voted for him, they were disappointed, not by his skin color, you jerk, but by his failed agenda and by the lies and by his basically socialist leanings. You can change your allegiance in America without being, can you, without being called a racist? I guess not. Now here's the same guy, again, uh, uh, <laughs> here he's just so, comes off not as a nasty guy, but as a total phony because I'm watching him. He's not really crying. This is what he's perfected, though. He likes to go viral on election night. And sometimes he'll say the opposite of what others are saying, just to say it. So this is uh, Joe Biden wins, and he's overcome with emotion. Listen to this. Cut 18. Dan, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> it's, um... He's wiping tears. Get a hold of yourself. Well, it's easier to be a parent this morning. It's easier to be a dad. It's easier to, It's easier. To tell your kids, <laughs> character matters. Yeah. It matters. <laughs> Telling the truth matters. Being a good person matters. <laughs> and it's easier for a whole lot of people. Ooh, you faker. If you're Muslim in this <gasps> country, you, you, you don't have to worry if the president doesn't want you here. <laughs> if you're an immigrant, you don't have to worry if the president's going to be happier to have babies snatched away. Yeah, illegal. Send, send illegal. Dreamers. They could come too. Back for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this guy is a total phony. You see that, right? Uh, he's nasty. He's partisan. He's vicious. And he gets $100 million for being civil. He got a phony award, the civility award, from Jeff Bezos, a guy who should know better. Now, Jeff Bezos, the richest, most basically one of the most powerful men in the world, goes to outer space. Remember those dinky rockets that he was riding up into low, uh, low earth orbit, barely touching space? Seriously, I know, uh, I think the Concorde went higher than that silly rocket. Now look, there's a lot to like about Jeff Bezos, okay? But that was kind of stupid. And, um, anyway, he had a problem though on that mission. The very first mission to quote unquote space. What did he do wrong? How many people did he go with? Uh, three. So it's four of them. He went with his brother, uh, some guy from Germany, and some lady 
and I think the guy from Germany's son. So there are five altogether, all crammed in that little capsule. You know, a giveaway is they didn't have to wear they didn't wear space helmets. But the problem that he kind of the mistake that he made, uh, there was there was no diversity, right? It was all white people, and you know that was going to be pointed out, and it was pointed out. Well, what's this all about? So the moment he gets back, he does the ultimate virtue signal, and it's pretty astonishing. Listen to this. This is this is the these are the first words that. Jeff Bezos says when he gets back from space, they bring him into an auditorium right right, right there at uh, Amazon Space Center. And this is the announcement he makes. Let's see here. Cut 20. The Courage and Civility Award is a $100 million award so that the awardee, the recipient, can give $100 million to the charities, the nonprofits of their choice. And these people, these are people who have demonstrated courage. By the way, it's easy to be courageous, but also mean. Try being courageous and civil. Try being courageous and a unifier. That's harder and way better and makes the world better. So the, we have two awardees today. They'll each be getting $100 million to direct to the charities of their choice as they see fit. No bureaucracy. No committees. No, they just do what they want. They can give it all to their own charity or they can share the wealth. It's up to them. And the first uh, Courage and Civility Award goes to Van Jones. Van, come on up. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Republicans are a-holes. Mr. Civility. Trump supporters are racist. This guy, $100 million for being civil. Well, guess what? Just as I predicted, he blew it. He blew the money on stupid galas and a bloated staff. Listen to this. Activist entrepreneur Van Jones has been ousted from a woke nonprofit he founded amid internal rancor and fiscal mismanagement, according to a report, even though the group is swimming in donated cash from Amazon's Jeff Bezos. The CNN commentator was recently bounced from the board of Dream.org, a justice innovation organization he established in 2015. According to the Daily Beast, Bezos gifted Jones with a $100 million blank check for his philanthropic work in 2021. In a press conference following his company's Blue Origin's first commercial space flight. Uh, now, here's the problem. Nobody had any idea what this group did. <laughs> and nobody, nobody knew. They couldn't explain it yet. They could not explain it. The cash infusion from Bezos sparked a green for all hiring spree, another group he had, that nearly doubled its annual expenses without ever forming a coherent plan of action. No one was sure what we were doing or what our strategy was, one ex-employee said. Another recalled doing outreach to local environmental groups to ask if they wanted to collaborate with green for all. They'd say, what do you have to offer, the former employee said, and we'd say, we don't know yet. Uh, the overspending led to layoffs, said sources, who blamed Jones for a lack of attention to the organization. He can't stay at anything for longer than a few years before passing it off. Instead, Jones has been busily, busily hobnobbing with the super rich. Yes, because he's a very presentable guy. He looks great. He's very charismatic, but there's nothing there. It's one thing to have charisma that stands for something, but he doesn't have anything. And what was that whole thing about? We got to get uppity. Isn't that kind of racist or something? Like, I mean, he, says things like that, and he plays this game basically to intimidate the people 
around him. Now, here he is. Let's see. I think he gets the big prize, right? We have him reacting to the big prize. That's the next clip, right? No, let me see here. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cut 21, please. Thank you, brother. Um, sometimes dreams come true. Sometimes dreams come true. And the headlines around the world should be anything's possible if you believe. And um, Lauren and Jeff don't do nothing small, man. They don't do anything small. Stop. That's the part right there. They don't do nothing small. He went to Yale Law School. He knows that that doesn't work grammatically. You're not supposed to talk like that, but somehow it's a it's a virtue flex. It's a it's a it's a thing. It's a thing. So I knew there was something really weird about this all the way back in 2021 when it happened. I could not believe it. My mouth was agape. <laughs> they get back from space. I take to Twitter and I put a I put up a great picture. I put a picture up of uh, of Jeff Bezos and his crew, his all white crew, and then I found a picture of a space dog. Uh, you know, back in the day, in the 60s, the Russians were sending dogs into space. And then they'd come back, and they the, the dogs sometimes would live, and they'd come back to, you know, and I found a dog in a spaceship, and I found uh, a picture of Jeff Bezos and his crew. And my tweet was, the dog was more of an astronaut than Bezos and his crew. The dog had more training, skill, and better judgment because he didn't hand Van Jones a hundred million bucks the first thing after he landed. I like that very much. Some of these tweets age well, as they say. Some don't. Week in review. Tuesday, phony award from phony astronaut to phony Mr. Nice Guy Van Jones, who is as partisan and vicious as they come. The $100 million virtue signal. And I show pictures of the two bros hugging it out. And then I did a follow-up. Hey, what happened to the $200 million that the space cadet Bezos gave to those two Trump haters, Van Jones and the guy with the restaurant? Yeah, Andre Balzas or something like that was another random guy that Bezos handed $100 million to. Um, and then I made up a phony Courage and Civility Award with the same motif, the same background that Van Jones had because they had these little graphics Actually, Van Jones was just the runner-up as I declined the civility trophy for numerous reasons. Still scratching my head about why they picked Van Jones. Hope he doesn't blow the money on fancy galas and a big bloated staff. Well, that's exactly what he did. That's exactly what he did. You can't just hand somebody. This is like, you know, when someone wins the millionaire, uh, the lottery. You see the story all the time, and they blow the money. They they have this thing. If you found that, like, the richest... Uh, say, I don't know, thousand people in America and took all their money. Um, in like five years, they'd have it all back because it's a mentality. It's an intelligence. It's an approach. It's a work ethic. And if you give, um, millions of dollars to a random group of a thousand people, they're going to lose the money. They're going to lose it. They don't have the strategies. They don't have the, uh, you know, I actually, it kind of breaks my heart to be honest when I'm sitting there. There's this little, uh, candy store I like to go to sometimes and they have ice cream and I will sometimes get an ice cream and nobody buys ice cream. Everybody is in there buying lottery tickets. You're not going to win the lottery. I know for a couple of years I had this special feeling that I was going to win the lottery. And I, I, I governed my, my financial life reflected that. I don't have to worry about money. I'm going to win the lottery someday. 
you realize like something like one in four people actually believe this. I was one of those one in four people. And the funny thing is, if you take the money uh, that you spend on lottery tickets and you invest it and maybe throw in the what you spend on coffee, you can become a millionaire uh, through, um, well, don't listen to me on financial advice. I don't understand it. But one thing that's pretty good are those index funds, right? Index mutual funds and you spread it all over the place and you're going to do fine. You're going to do uh, you're going to do well. So, sorry, Van Jones, you blew the money. You squandered it. You squandered it, Alice. You squandered it. Um, does Glenn Youngkin have any chance whatsoever? Why are they pushing all these people that the people don't want? Nobody knows who Glenn Youngkin is outside of Virginia, but they're pushing that guy. And I think it's a big mistake. Um, hello, Sandra. Welcome back. Oh, welcome back, Greg. You know, you mentioned... Um President Biden going to these fancy homes. How come he's allowed and not Clarence Thomas? I just was wondering about that. But also, I was going to say that last week, uh, Rudy Giuliani said that if you want to be helpful in this country, get involved in the elections. So I said to myself, the debate is coming up Wednesday. I could stay home and watch it comfortably, or I can go to the Women's Republican Club and watch it there which I will do, and I even offered to maybe get a discussion going before the debate so I can meet new people, I can network, and I can grow as a person, and and maybe some crazy way I can help. I don't know. What do you think? That's a beautiful thing, but don't forget what I said about writing those letters. And maybe, I mean, let's face it, you're you're talking to uh, the converted. Everybody there is uh, in agreement with you at the Republican Club. But there's a place for those things. I mean, maybe uh, maybe recruiting some people who may not agree with you or get, look, I don't know. Just do something. We all got to do something. And, Sandra, I'm so glad you're doing that. Uh, the, the debate is Wednesday. Um, but it's going to be like, it's not really, it doesn't feel like a thing. It's not a thing because uh, Trump is not going. You know, who is going, let's see, Christy, Pence, Asa Hutchinson, weirdo. Uh, we call him Ada. Pence has an arrangement with the fake news. He shows up on the fake news, doesn't cause him any trouble, and he allows them to be a punching bag. He allows them, or allows himself to be a punching bag. Here he is uh, on uh, what the This Week show, Mike Mike Pence, very serious man. Cut twelve. Well, first off, the handling of classified uh, materials is enormously serious in the life of the nation, but uh, I, I can't really comment. Uh, on your reporting, but uh, in my case, I was never made aware of any broad-based effort to declassify documents. You know, there is a process uh, that uh, the White House goes through to declassify materials. I'm aware of that occurring on on several occasions uh, over the course of our four years, but uh, uh, I don't have any knowledge of any any broad-based uh, directive from the president, but that, that doesn't mean it didn't occur. I just, it's not something that I ever heard about. All right. That this guy can show up on a major national network news show and not be asked in that context, you want to talk classified documents about the secret stuff that he took with him as vice president and vice president has no justification to declassify anything. Uh, except like in one in a million cases, they can declassify anything that he classified, which he didn't classify. We're not talking about that. He took documents that he didn't have, and they never asked him about it. Joe Biden, what about the documents that he had in his house since 1974? Never gets asked. It's like it never even happened. And what they didn't ask him about. Now, it's amazing that he gets away with this. His own national security advisor, 
that's Mike Pence's, said that he's uh, endorsing Trump. And not only did he talk about, you know, how good Trump is, he said that um, he doesn't have the leadership. He's not decisive enough. Um, he called it a lack of assert, a, a lack of assertiveness combined with an over-reliance on failed political consultants like Mark Short has demonstrated a la- laissez-faire leadership style unworthy of the presidency. You realize how damning that is in Washington, D.C., how nobody ever does that? And he did that. A career army officer came out against Pence, who was his right-hand man for four years, and he can go on national television and it doesn't come up. That is criminal. I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I'm, I'm looking at big uh, mudslides in Southern California. They got a video of something inside a guy's house, and it's just looking at the bed and the dog on the bed, and everything starts shaking, and the dog wakes up, and the dog starts running around. It's kind of cool to watch. Uh, have you ever been in an earthquake? Remember when we had an earthquake here in uh, the city? It was like 2009. I think it was 2009. It was up and down the East Coast. Most of the big damage happened in, I think, Virginia. I was in an earthquake once in like uh, in the 90s in Arizona, and it was very strange. I was in a room with no windows, and I thought it was a ghost. I just that's what that was the first thought. I mean, I've never seen the whole room start shaking. It was like Poltergeist. Remember that Poltergeist movie? And for like a split second, maybe even more than a split second, I thought it was a ghost. Um, anyway, it was an earthquake and it was on the news and everything like that. So no ghost. Uh, I think we need to hear from Trump a little bit. He put some uh, great videos out. You know, the only guy out there who's actually talking substance day in and day out is, um, is this guy. Uh, now he, he, the issues run the gamut, but you know, other people, especially dictated by the, uh, the fake news, they're always talking about the nasty, uh, superficial stuff. But this stuff is important that Trump puts out in these great videos, straight to camera, no gimmick, no fake pumping gas like Mike Pence, no to Mike Pence, give it up or be real. Cut four, please. Crooked Joe is letting other countries walk all over the United States. He's afraid to bring it up. He doesn't want to talk about it. He's petrified of China because they know exactly how much money has been given to him and they know exactly where it is. China has paid him a fortune. Just think of what China has gotten for all that money. Biden shut down my administration's initiative targeting Chinese spies in the United States. He shut it down, called. 
He let China off the hook for COVID. He shut down the investigation into the origins of the China virus. He did nothing as China began setting up bases in Cuba, taking over South America and threatening Taiwan. They even took over the Panama Canal. We spent a fortune building it. Jimmy Carter's administration sold it for $1. We lost 36,000 people building the Panama Canal. The mosquitoes got them. Malaria. <laughs> the mosquitoes got them. And now China controls it. Russia and China are even doing Well, uh, one thing, he's so right about uh, all this Biden stuff. And the fake news yesterday again. My ma- This is where my mouth was. Agape. Agape. When Chuck Todd, in the middle of a segment, interrupts the guy to say this. Eh? Look, it's pretty clear, you know, while we debate whether Hunter Biden broke the law or not, the influence peddling part with his last name was perfectly legal. Hear that? Perfectly legal? I think that's um, under investigation, (laughs) the House Oversight Committee. And, uh, I mean, it's perfectly legal to extort money from our adversaries? I don't think so. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I'm looking right now the consequences of electing total amateurs, fools into serious positions with real power. Uh, This migrant situation, can you imagine in a million years Mike Bloomberg, Ray Kelly, Rudy Giuliani allowing something like this to happen. All right. These people, they they understood government. They understood politics. They were masters at what they did. We have two rank amateurs, Kathy and Eric, and all they know how to do is show up at press conferences and blabble. All right. They don't know what they're doing. Now, the latest is they're going <laughs> to Floyd Bennett Field, the next migrant center. Uh, Randall's Island, they're in the process of ruining that, although I don't think anyone's really going to make it up over there. I actually love Floyd Bennett Field. They've got a great recreational facility there. I love the history of Floyd Bennett Field. Um, this, this should not be happening. These people who are here illegally would not be coming to New York if we had professional, respected, established leaders. And Eric ain't that, and neither is Kathy. A uh, hick from the sticks. She all she knows is the beauty parlor and how to put on that silly jacket, and uh, <laughs> does not have a clue. Oh, she's good at hooking up her husband, and Alec is good at hooking up those two shady guys with the restaurant, and that's it. All he can do is complain about the problem. That's all he's been doing his entire life. He's never solved anything in the police department, and that silly job he had uh, before he was mayor. What was that? Brooklyn Borough President, back when it meant nothing. Okay, it means nothing, those jobs. Nothing. There was a time before city charter revision that that was a big heavyweight job, and big heavyweight people wanted those jobs. Now nitwits like this guy wants that job. And what was he before that? A a, a state senator. Show me the money. Eric, show me the money, Adams. Remember that? Let's let's dust that off when we get a chance. Um, What a disgrace. An absolute disgrace. And another thing. It is an honor to to call Rudy Giuliani a friend and a coworker, a colleague. He's here, and uh, he's being unfairly tarnished and attacked. And I know that he will be restored fully someday, at some point. Uh, what's happening to him with his law licenses and this crazy indictment down in Georgia? Uh, <laughs> they are going to regret 
ever messing with Rudy Giuliani. He knows this stuff cold. He knows the law. You know, they have uh, made a mistake with him very much. They underestimate him, and he is going to crush those people in court, crush them, if it ever gets that far, because uh, he's brilliant and he's right. The only thing is, gosh, he's got to go to uh, Atlanta this week to turn himself in. You know what? I wish I could go with him. I wish I could go with him to show some support or help out in any way, but I can't. Number one, uh, I'm busy. I got the kids. I got the, you know, this, I got that. I got, uh, and what else? I, I'm not making excuses, but really. And the other thing is, what the hell can I do? Right? I'm not a lawyer. I can't really do anything. I can cheer him on. I can cheer him on from here. I'll tweet my ass off. I'll yell stuff on, uh, uh, on media about, about it. So I'd probably be more use here than there, but I wish I could go. Um, I wish I could go, and he's going to hold his head high because he did nothing wrong. And I tell you what, there are people out there who should be rallying around him right now. He saved, let me think, I think it's safe to say he saved tens of thousands of lives when he was mayor of this city. Proactive policing. And it continued under Mike Bloomberg. Hey, Mike Bloomberg, hello. You know who wouldn't be mayor right now, who who would never have become mayor if it wasn't for Rudy Giuliani? Mike Bloomberg. Mike Bloomberg has his 12 years as mayor. Who does he who does he have to thank for that Rudy Giuliani? There would be no Mike Bloomberg without Rudy Giuliani. How did that happen? Well, after the tragedy of September 11th and the magnificent leadership of Rudy Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani was suddenly I mean, let's be honest, he was the hottest politician in the world. He really was. And everywhere he went, and he was the most in-demand guy around. And uh, what did he do? He didn't have to endorse uh, Michael Bloomberg, or if he endorsed him, he could have just said, I, I endorse Mike Bloomberg. Could have put out a statement, could have said something lame at a press conference. Instead, he made a TV commercial for him. He made a very powerful straight-to-camera appearance Rudy Giuliani supporting Mike Bloomberg. And I don't know one person who knows anything about politics who believes that's a very tight election. And I'm glad Bloomberg won. Don't get me wrong. I really, Mark Green, we would have been so screwed. I'm glad Bloomberg won. But there's no disputing it that um, 9-11 made Rudy Giuliani's endorsement um, incredibly powerful. And he didn't have to endorse Mike Bloomberg, and he did. And I think Mike Bloomberg, I hope he's in touch with Rudy and uh, offering him whatever support he needs right now. Mayor to mayor, uh, I think uh, Bloomberg should be there for Mike Bloomberg. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Bloomberg should be there for Rudy. Yeah, Rudy, Rudy. Because, you know, it's, hey, it's very easy to uh, hang out with somebody when they're riding high. And and Giuliani is still riding high because he's right and um you know, you talk, you listen to him on the radio. He's actually having a bit of fun, but I know it's tough. I know it's tough when the fake news comes at you and all kinds of lies are put out there. And everybody, everybody trying to figure out which way the wind is going. You know, oh gosh, do I try? You know, a lot of people are coming up to me like, you really, you know, you're really supporting Trump. I mean, it's going to be DeSantis. Shut up. I know what's right. I don't believe that. I, I don't believe that. That's why I came out against DeSantis in the summer of 2020. When the hell was that? 2022, July 2022. I said, this guy does not have it. You can look it up. I'm going to actually, the day he, well, I like DeSantis. He's got, he's a man of ability, but he was misled. And there are a lot of people who could have run other than 
other than DeSantis. You know, he's not the only governor in the country. But I'm glad it's Trump. He deserves it, and he's going to get it. Hey, look, if I run for mayor, am I going to have to run around the city like a maniac <laughs> doing all this stuff? No. I mean, look, I love him, and he's, this stuff has got to be done. Curtis is out there uh, confronting this horrendous mismanagement of the migrant situation uh, all over the place. He's everywhere all at once. He was a Creedmoor, uh, and now he's a Staten Island. Listen to this. Cut five, please. Curtis in Staten Island. Cut five. Migrants, illegals to the back of the line. There are people in foreign countries who have waited years to get in the legal way. Some of them are here today. You got to jump through hoops. You got to take tests. You have to pass certain specifications. Why do these illegal aliens get to jump the queue and jump to the top and front of the line? Great point. Great question. Next, please. Cut six. Today, this is a not Republican versus Democrat versus Independent. We're joined together at the hip in solidarity. It's us and we, not I and me. It's Americans versus those who would destroy the America that we know. And today I want you to join me in an act of civil disobedience. When I finish, we're going to block this street. You line up behind me, Scott Lebedo, and the others who know what civil disobedience is. Staten Island, we need to lead, and everybody else should follow. They want to take Fort Wadsworth. Uh, I don't think I want to get arrested. I don't know. I don't know. Civil disobedience. There is a time and a place for that, and that's good. He's doing it. That's great. I don't know if that's my thing. Uh, yeah, do they actually process you and send you downtown and all that stuff? Probably not. I mean, if he's uh, if they're arresting Curtis for sitting down in the street and they're not arresting people for doing some of the stuff they're doing, uh, that would be kind of crazy, right? So good for him. And that Scott Lebedo guy, uh, very interesting character, uh, very, very MAGA, very, very America first, and a fantastic artist. Have you ever seen the stuff that he does? So uh, Fort Wadsworth, this is insane. It really is. And, oh, by the way, we love legal migration. Legal. Legal. One of the most beautiful moments of the 2020 convention. Donald Trump welcomed and um, uh, officiated the uh, the citizenship oath. To people from Bangladesh, people from Nigeria, people from, uh, I think there was a guy from uh, China in there. There was somebody from Afghanistan. It's just great. It's great. It doesn't matter really where you're from. It matters uh, what's inside. And all of these people did everything they were supposed to do to become citizens, and including taking an oath to potentially take up arms to defend America. All these guys who are huddled outside the uh, Roosevelt Hotel, I don't think they took that oath. <laughs> I know they didn't take that oath. And also, what a screwy way to come to America by way of Mexico. You're a 20-year-old guy from West Africa, and somehow you get yourself to Mexico and the Mexico-America-Texas border. Okay? How did that happen? How about some guy from China, right? No dependence, oh, by the way. Single men. Coming all the way from China, but by way of Mexico. That's like the last way I would I, I would think of coming to America, right? Get on an airplane. You can get a direct flight. 
You can get a direct flight from most cities, uh, many, many cities, not, not most, many in Africa to, uh, to JFK, to Newark, mostly to JFK though. Uh, hey, the other thing is I am going to avoid Mexico for the rest of my life. Did you see what happened to those five kids down there? What a horrible, horrible thing. These poor young men, all uh, 19 years old, 19 to 21, they responded to a, a help wanted ad at a telemarketing agency, right? They all went thinking that they were interviewing for a job at a telemarketing agency. Instead, when they got there, it was like MS-13, the drug cartel. Welcome. You guys work for us now. And these guys didn't want to do that. And they tortured them. And they still didn't want to do it. So they chopped off their heads. They chopped off their heads. Uh, right after they took a picture of them, all scared and bloody. And then they chopped off their heads. Now, this is not like a rare thing in Mexico. It happens. One time they chopped off 50 heads and they put them right in the middle of the of the town, pretty close to the American border as well. They're chopping off heads in Mexico. I'm not taking my chances in Cancun or what's that other silly place that people go to? Uh, 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 Cabo, 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 Cabo de Lucas. What's it called again? Cabo, Cabo what? Cabo San Lucas. Cabo San Lucas? Uh, Cabo San Lucas. It doesn't sound right. I think everybody just says Cabo now. That's why. And Cabo is that, that place at the very tip of the Baja California Peninsula. Uh, don't go there. I'm not organizing a boycott. I'm just saying use your brain. <laughs> Who would go to a country? Unless, I've been to a country like that. Iraq. <laughs> I don't want to go back. And I mean, Mexico for vacation. I don't think it's worth it. I, I I don't think it's worth it. Hey, listen to this as far as the polls go. Um another reason why Trump is not going to the to the debate, the fake debate. It is a fake debate, isn't it? All right, listen to what happened to DeSantis this year with the polls. Actually, if you go to Vegas, they bet on everything in Vegas. They've been on college sports, professional sports, high school sports, dog racing, politics, all kinds of weird I mean, and really nitnoid stuff. Anyway, here are the betting odds. In December of last year, the odds of Ron DeSantis getting the GOP nomination were 52.6%. On January 9th, they were down to 43.2%. March 20th, 35.5%. July 11th, 13.5%. July 30th, 9.8%. And now, 7.4%. Now, I don't like these kinds of odds things, all right? As I was reading it, um, I recall that the New York Times had a very similar graphic, remember? And every day it showed the probability of Hillary getting elected compared to Trump. And it was always sky high for Hillary and, you know, pretty much nil for Trump. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to look at these very much, but that is a little taste. And, uh, right now, Trump hovering around 50%, the next closest competition around 14%. It would be political malpractice, actually. What, who said that? Susan Page. Political malpractice for Trump to go to this debate. He's going to have a fine time, though, live tweeting and doing some counter-programming. That's going to be worth watching. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
You know, I uh, I love the New York Post to a point. They got some, you know, look, we owe it to them for telling us all about the Hunter Biden laptop. Uh, but day in and day out, they have some weird, weird stuff. Emily Ratatowski bears her booty in high-cut thong bikini. Emily Ratatowski bears her booty in high-cut thong bikini. A model is wearing a bathing suit, and they put it in the damn newspaper. I guess this is what the uh, the, the Murdochs did in London and in Sydney, right? They put the, the, what do they call it, the page eight girl or something like that, and some hot girl. This is not a thing anymore. It doesn't matter. I mean, Instagram, you know, and quite frankly, the porno, anybody who wants to see women can see women at any time. You don't have to put it in the newspaper. Um, let's see. what I mean, like, it's just, and then here's another. Timothy Chalamet, Timothy Chalamet. This is that mopey guy who everybody says is a great actor. I don't see it myself, but Timothy Chamelet posts thirst trap amid Kylie Jenner romance. What's a thirst trap? I've been seeing this a lot. It's like something to make the women swoon. Is that it? But does it mean older women, the thirst thing? It Does it imply? And here's another silly uh, little item. Uh, they got uh, Tom, Tom Brady. He posted a thirst trap pick. Of himself with impressive abs. I mean, he's a professional athlete. The guy got paid millions and millions and millions of dollars to go to the gym. It would be new as if he were fat. And he's dating a model. Who cares? Irina somebody. Uh, and she's in great shape, too. I, I guess it would be news if these uh, people weren't in shape. Skin in the game. Tom Brady posts shirtless thirst trap amid Irina shake romance. Uh... I don't know. Maybe it's me. Hey, the other thing is, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to work out as a quarterback. This guy is high as a kite. You can just tell. And him and his mushrooms and the, I love you, dude. Uh, he's too old. It's not going to work. And the other thing is, he's too much of a high-profile guy. He's keeping a high profile. He's going to this party. He's sitting there. He's over there. He's over here. He's always around the photographers. you got to make a choice. You can be a monk and a great quarterback. Or you can be a man about town and be a crummy quarterback. I know Joe Namath did both. That was a long time ago. I know we basically beat the Johnny Manziel thing, but Johnny Manziel, I wish somebody, who, why didn't anybody sit him down and tell him that? Did you see the commercial, Johnny, uh, Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football? I, I watched the Netflix thing. It really wasn't that good. I knew it wasn't going to be good, actually, when I realized it's only one episode. You know, if they if they know something's good, they're going to milk it, right? They're going to give you six, seven, nine episodes. This was one episode. The guy's not that interesting. Uh, he's kind of dumb. Sorry. And he's looking for peace and tranquility still, it looks like, through drink and marijuana. Instead of Johnny the Bible. I'm happy to talk to you about it anytime. Apparently nobody has. Uh, I don't like you, but I love you. I'll be back. Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, this New York Times story I should get to, it's everybody is saying, oh boy, uh, it's all coming out how corrupt that deal was. The Hunter Biden uh, plea arrangement. Uh, New York Times, it's interesting. And why it's interesting is it's like Pravda. You know, when the New York Times, when Pravda started writing something critical about somebody, 
that person's head was about to be chopped off. Okay, they were going to walk the plank. The New York Times, um, you know, getting its mojo back. An examination of confidential correspondence and interviews with those close to Mr. Biden and lawyers involved in the case show how the deal ultimately fell apart amid schisms and withering external pressures. There were signs, subtle but unmistakable, that Hunter Biden's high-stakes plea agreement with federal prosecutors might be on shaky ground hours before it went public in June, according to emails sent by his legal team to the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware. When one of Mr. Biden's lawyers sent over the draft of the statement they intended to share with the news media, a top deputy to David Weiss, who had overseen the inquiry since 2018, asked to remove two words describing the status of the investigation, according to interviews and internal correspondence on the deal obtained by the New York Times. Concluded and conclusion should be replaced with the weaker resolved, the deputy said. Six weeks later, the federal judge presiding over a hearing on the agreement would expose even deeper divisions. To be honest, the resolved versus uh, concluded doesn't sound like that big a deal. Somehow to me, resolved sounds better than concluded. It's a better word, actually. Because, it, uh, yeah, anyway, six weeks later, the federal judge presiding over the hearing on the agreement would expose even deeper divisions and the deal imploded, prompting Mr. Weiss to seek appointment as special counsel with the freedom to expand the inquiry and bring new charges. Does this have anything to do with the whistleblowers? The deal's collapse, chronicled in over 200 pages of confidential correspondence between Mr. Weiss's office and Mr. Biden's legal team and interviews with those close to Mr. Biden, blah, 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 blah came after intense negotiations that started with the prospect that Mr. Biden would not be charged at all and now could end up in a possible indictment and trial. Hmm. Times found that Mr. Weiss appeared willing to forego any prosecution of Mr. Biden at all, and his office came close to agreeing to end the investigation without requiring a guilty plea on any charges. But the correspondent reveals that his position, relayed through his staff, Changed in the spring around the time a pair of IRS officials on the case accused the Justice Department of hamstringing the investigation. Mr. Weiss suddenly demanded that Mr. Biden plead guilty to committing tax offenses. Now the IRS agents and their Republican allies say they believe the evidence they brought forward at the precise time they did played a role in influencing the outcome, a claim senior law enforcement officials dispute. While Mr. Biden's legal team agrees with the IRS agents affected the deal, his lawyers have contended to the Justice Department that by disclosing details about the investigation to Congress, they broke the law and should be prosecuted. Screw you guys. All right. Congress, they represent us, the people. This is, I'm told, uh, a democracy, something like that. Hey, by the way, Fox News, watch their little motto now. Their motto is democracy. 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 Democracy 24. Democracy. Now, that sounds great, right? Democracy. Well, you know, we're a constitutional republic. We're not actually a a pure democracy. Democracy, if you get right down to the root of the word, ruled by the people. If 51% of the people vote for something, no matter how crazy, that goes. Well, not in this country. We have a Bill of Rights that are immutable. We have a Constitution that is basically immutable. And if you want to change it, you got to go through all kinds of crazy hurdles to uh, to do that. And that's not 51%. That's like two thirds and this, that, and the other thing. You got to get the states to ratify it. You got to have a convention. You got to do all kinds of things. So, uh, immutable, immutable. 
Oh yeah. So we elect people to represent us, and some, and we actually, you know, in a presidential election, in a lot of states, you aren't actually electing the president; you're electing somebody to elect the president. So it's not a pure democracy, and that's fine. Constitutional republic, I dig it. You got to be wary of the mob. They call it uh, the madness of the crowds. Madness of crowds. They can do really insane things. We've all seen that. In fact, it's it's really getting worse. We don't want the certain things to change. Bill of Rights, we want it forever. Um, so, oh yeah. So Fox News running around saying democracy 24, democracy 24, democracy 24. You ever notice how the left always says democracy is on the ballot? Democracy, democracy. That's become a talking point of the left. And Fox News seems to be playing along somehow with that suddenly. Because I look back in 2012, it was like decision 2012 or America's choice 2008. And now it's democracy, democracy. I'm a little bit suspicious, and you should be too. Um, I want to do one more uh, Trump Truth Social, please. Cut two. Crooked Joe's corruption is a glaring threat to national security. Between the millions and millions of dollars he's gotten from China and the millions of dollars from Ukraine, Joe Biden's greed and criminality is going to get us into World War III. We're going to be in World War III with this guy. Grossly incompetent man. Yep. Can you feel it? It's amazing. He said something like, I, Putin liked me, or I was the apple of Putin's eye or something. Everyone's going left on the left. It's going crazy with this. Morning Joe did an hour and a half about that comment. Well, whatever he said, everybody understands that Putin would not have invaded Ukraine. If Donald Trump were still president, everybody gets that. 65% of people polled get that. Bill in Port Monmouth, how are you? Good, Greg. How are you? What's up? Uh, in terms of uh, winning an election for the mayor's race in New York City, I think Curtis can't do it by himself. Uh, you said it's going to be a lot of work. I have a recommendation to make two teams, a front lines team and a back office team. Ready? Front line team is Curtis, you... Maybe Ray Kelly, uh, Andrew Giuliani. Those are people that want to work in the government. What do you mean frontline team? What do you mean by frontline team? You're all going to run as a team. Well, uh, you mean like one runs for controller, one runs for, uh, I guess, what, public advocate, one runs for mayor? Right, and even positions that don't exist. Like you might want a position to interface to the federal government or deal with homeless veterans or whatever. Everyone has. No, I don't want to do that. I mean, I want to help the vet. I don't want to do that. That plan doesn't sound at all tenable. You get those guys. Let's face it. We all have healthy egos. You know, I I don't I don't think that's going to work. We can't reinvent politics as I'm trying to get into politics. You know what I mean? But it's such an uphill battle for Curtis by himself. I don't know how else it can be done. And you're right. Well, one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing. Look, I don't know what the hell's going to happen. I'm only toying with the idea. You know, you're right. It's a massive uphill uh, battle. And what 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 is it? You know, Election Day is at the last day of school in June. I mean, it's such a corrupt system. It would uh, it would take a miracle, but you know what? Miracles happen. Bill, I appreciate it. I know what you're talking about. I've seen those things before, a ticket where somebody runs with a running mate, and usually it was controller or city council president and mayor. Uh, I've seen that in the past. Thank you. Thank you. Greg in Vernon, New Jersey. Hello. Yeah, hi, Greg. Uh, I, I heard your comment earlier about how Mayor Giuliani helped Bloomberg get elected. I, I think you're 100% correct. I think Bloomberg's got the money. He should be able to pay for Mayor Giuliani's defense. And he's probably got a couple of attorneys on staff that can handle it. 
You know, uh, you know, it's a shame what they're doing. It's really disgusting. It is disgusting. And you know what? I suddenly remembered something just now. It was Rudy Giuliani who helped out a fellow mayor, former mayor, um, John Lindsay. John Lindsay, you know, uh, he was basically a failed mayor, but a good guy. I met him once. I was really impressed with him. He's like super tall. And the whole thing about him, he looked like a prince. You know what I mean? It was like, my God, this guy should not only be uh, president, he should be emperor. He should be, he's like Zeus. He looked that good. I mean, I can say that. He was really a very impressive looking guy. And he went to Yale and he had that kind of aristocratic bearing, but he had no money. He had zilch as far as dollars. And uh, he lost his health insurance in his um, later years. And Rudy Giuliani, you know, pulled some strings and made him basically a city employee. So he had health insurance. And, you know, you could say, oh, well, that doesn't sound fair. Well, you know what? I'm sorry. A former mayor of the city of New York deserves a certain amount of uh, respect and accommodation, you know, except de Blasio. All right. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, Greg, thank you. I would love it if Bloomberg helped him out. He should. He should. If that, uh, if, if, if what, the, but, but Giuliani's doing a lot better than the fake news wants you to believe. All right. Let me do, um, uh, Glenn. I'm sorry. Uh, Connie. Connie. Hi. Connie the Italian. Hi, Greg. Oh. My Italian? No, I'm no, already. No, all right. There's another one from West Hempstead who used to call. We haven't heard from her in a while. Hope she's doing okay. She was kind of up there. Uh, what's up? I just want to tell you that I received your book, I bought your book, and I am enjoying it. But the second thing, I have to say three things. First, saying that when you were talking earlier and somebody said good afternoon to you, that's just common courtesy. No, it's not. It's it's overly formal and uh, unusual. Nobody talks like that. Common courtesy. It's sort of like saying good morning to people. It's not, I mean, good morning is right? one thing. Good morning is one thing. Nobody says good afternoon. We're not in England. We're not having high tea. And nobody says good afternoon. Nobody says that. And they only say it in artificial news talk. They say it, if you watch cable news reporters, they say it to each other. It's weird. And when James Flippin came in here, you know, hey, what's up, bro? I mean, good afternoon. So uh, I uh, I disagree, but that's okay. What else? Stop it, okay? What? The third thing I want to talk to you about is what happened on uh didn't friends this morning. The way that he went out on uh, Rudy, I thought was embarrassing to Rudy. I, I, I just wait, wait, wait. What, what happened on the show? What happened? Hey, by the way, look. Here's my policy. Anybody can say whatever the hell they want on. Uh, you know, I don't want to get in the middle of it. Uh, that never really ends well. So if they want to say what they want to say, that's fine. I mean, it's a talk show. It's supposed to. You know, it's okay. I, uh, I just, you know, if they went off on Rudy, you mean they said bad things about Rudy? You know what? He embarrassed Rudy by saying All right. Rudy well, look, was I, 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 you know, they can say what they want. You heard what I said. You, you know how I feel about Rudy. So, you know, and not look, he's a controversial figure. Not everybody agrees. And, you know, and Rudy understands that. Not everybody's going to be nice to Rudy. That's what happens when you uh, enter public service and, uh, you know, become Donald Trump's lawyer. Not everybody's going to love you. And that's OK. That's OK, Connie. You have any other little criticisms? You got a lot of things. You got big and small no, criticisms. I just criticize. Hey, wait, wait, wait. I just criticize you on the uh, the good, good afternoon, afternoon thing. No, Connie, listen. Um, number one, thank you, book? thank you for buying the book. 
Uh, I appreciate that very much. Do you shop at the ShopRite in uh, West Hempstead? No. Is that still open? It is. And the reason I don't is because um, when I went up to the shop one day with my granddaughter, all I did was smell pot outside. And I I won't go there again. Well, it's going to be harder and harder to uh, avoid that aroma, unfortunately. Uh, It's everywhere in the city. You know, we just legalized that stuff without even thinking. I saw somebody the other day had a schizophrenic uh, meltdown, some Broadway actor. You know, habitual use of marijuana can lead to that. And I know there are a lot of libertarians out there who swear that this is the best thing ever and, uh, oh, it helps with my glaucoma or whatever, and maybe in rare instances. But I know people who are using it for their their anxiety. It helps me. Anyway, way too much of it. Way, way, way too much of it. Connie, I thank you, okay? And uh, give me a moment, please. Barbara is waiting. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yes, 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 yes. Hey, um, direct energy, direct, direct laser energy, is that what they call it? Um you know, lasers, uh, these forest fires don't look anything like forest fires. To me, the aftermath, it looks uh, very strange. And they're talking about DLEs. I think it's called DLE, direct laser energy. Look, the federal government has been having hearings on technology they don't understand or that Congress has not been informed of. You know, uh, structures that have not occurred in nature that can move 10 times the speed of sound that have been observed in our uh, airspace. So where do they come from? What's going on with that? I don't think they're extraterrestrial. I think they are government-made, man-made here in the USA. Are they screwing around around with lasers? Probably not. But (laughs) in this day and age, after Wuhan and the lab, and they told us, oh, it did not come from the lab. It came from the delicatessen in downtown Wuhan. I'm not ruling anything out. I am not ruling. And this is a very strange fire. It is. The way we were informed or not informed, and those poor people, they didn't blow the whistle. I actually understand the thing about the whistle. I do. But, and you heard about the guy, Equity, the guy in charge of the water. Uh, They needed the water desperately to put out the fire, but he's like, well, we should talk to the indigenous farmers first to make sure that it's being distributed equitably. You know, like Trump said, uh, you go woke, you get demented. You really do. You get demented. Glenn, hello. Yeah, Greg, uh, I have a uh, comment before I pose a couple, a couple of questions. Uh, yeah, leave it at the comment. What's up? Well, the, uh, the question, uh, Trump's, uh, Trump's numbers go up every time he's in, indicted. Would it stand to reason that uh, he should plead guilty? And yeah. uh, if he gets convicted, right. you know, his numbers That's will cute. be cr- That's cute. Crazy. That's cute. Um that's cute. Anything else on your mind, Glenn? I don't think so. I'll see yeah, you around. Yeah. I'll see you around. I don't like you, Glenn. I, I really don't care for you or your attitude. I love you, but I don't I don't particularly like you when you call in with your little Weisenheimer routine. I'd much prefer Barbara. Hello, Barbara. Welcome back. Hello, Greg. Hi. I'm uh, thinking of going back to when Hillary Clinton had her uh, telephones smashed so that no one could find out what was on her phones, and when she deleted all those emails, and then fast forward to the Bidens and hiding all these transactions 
through multiple entities for millions of dollars. And now you were talking the other day about Joe Biden as vice president using these fake names and emails. Well, our founders knew human nature very well, and they knew the dangers. And Patrick Henry said something very appropriate to that. He said, when the transactions of their rulers may be concealed from them, the liberties of a people will never be secure. When the transactions of their rulers can be concealed, is that it? Yes. Can be concealed? concealed. May be concealed. Keep going. The liberties of a people will never be secure. The liberties of a people will never be secure. Patrick Henry, he's the give me liberty, give me death guy, right? Is Hello? he the is he yeah, can you hear me? Is he the give me liberty, give me death guy? Yes, he's the yes, yes. He was a brilliant orator and an amazing lawyer and attorney. And he often had comments that just cut right to the heart of government and human nature. And this is one of those. Well, I love it. And by the way, transactions, I mean, like, well, what is he saying? What transactions should we have uh, access to as a people? Like their banking transactions, their deposits, all that stuff? I think he was referring to the rightful transactions of an elected official. And the uh, the founders all thought that all of our elected officials should be men of integrity and honor, and that we should not vote for anyone unless they were. So I'm sure what's going on now would be exactly what he was talking about. You know, somebody over the weekend, it might have been Mark Levin, I heard, he said the whole Constitution is set up basically, you know, for virtuous men. You know, it kind of presumes that people are, you know, acting in good faith. And and that they're God fearing. And if you take that out of the equation, you know, the Constitution isn't as effective. Something like that. Uh, Levin, he's so good. Um, wow. All right. I'm going to jot that one down. You may see it soon, Barbara. Um, oh. So appreciate it. Thank you. And listen, this uh, Rob has been on the phone for a long time. He wants to say something about Hawaii. What's up? Uh, the one at the top. Yeah. Hi, Greg. Hi. Are you there? Yes, sir. What's up? Yeah. I used to live in Hawaii. And I was only 15 miles south of uh, Lahaina. And every weekend, me and my wife would go up to Kanapali Beach, which is right above Lahaina. And to, in the, every month of July and August, both the mountains were on fires. And nobody, nobody, I used to ride past, I said to my wife, why don't, why don't they do the, uh, like the forest control, where they do the burns, and then after they, they, they get rid of all the tumbleweeds that are tumbling across the mountain that are all dead, that were catching on fire, it was just the thing that was going to happen someday. And the wind there, because it, the winds come down that mountain all the time, it's not unusual. What were you doing in What were you doing in uh, Maui anyway? Oh, I lived there. I lived there for five years. What did you do for a, a What was your You had a restaurant? Huh. Uh, you owned it? In, yes, in Keyhead. Pretty cool. And now you're in Naples, Florida. Hey, keep in touch, man. Uh, to be continued, everybody, many thanks.